Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Ricky, and it's a great privilege to be able to encourage you this morning. So we've been preaching a series called On the Rock, and uh, it is basically about the Beatitudes that Jesus preached on the Sermon on the Mount. And we're into the third week, and if you can open your Bibles to Matthew 5, verse 5, the portion of Scripture that I have for this morning is, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us as we read your word. I pray for open hearts. Lord, please give me the ability to communicate clearly what I have felt you've laid on my heart. I pray for receptive hearts that they would receive whatever it is that you want to encourage them with this morning, and we commit this time to you in Jesus' name. So there have been a large group of people that have attempted to conquer the world. We have seen the likes of the pharaohs of Egypt, Alexander the Great, Napoleon Bonaparte, the Caesars of Rome, and Adolf Hitler. People have tried to conquer the world but they have not succeeded. And I believe one of the reasons why they have not succeeded is that they did not have control over their spirits in their lives. I think their greed and their desire to build their own empire just completely overtook their lives. And I also believe that God, in his grace and mercy, was able to, to save us from even more destruction. Every one of these men controlled huge amounts of armies and military, and they had great power, but still they were unable to succeed in conquering the world. And as we read today's portion, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. When we read that just for face value, on face value, that's like, really? Meek will allow you to inherit the earth? That, that doesn't sound right. There's a contradiction there. Well, a lot of what Jesus said was, seemed like a contradiction, especially when it came to the Beatitudes. Sam Watley, he said the following, Jesus creates a strange image by saying, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. A casual reading of these verses today would give you a mental picture of meekness that is far from the forceful image common in Bible times. Our dictionary defines meekness as easily imposed upon submissive and spineless. And that's the picture that most people have. How many of you, if you had a whole lot of characteristics that you could reach out for and hey, I want that, I want to be courageous, I want to be mold. Who wants to be meek? You're like, let me, what does meek mean? You know? Our dictionary, unfortunately, does not give the correct meaning. It is most probably one of the most misunderstood biblical terms. The contemporary notion conjures up the image of a person who gets run over, who is a doormat, whose backbone has the consistency of a wet noodle. <laughs> Sorry, I had to say that I didn't think of that myself. It was just, I read it somewhere this week. It's... Today we will discover, and I want to tell you that meekness is a word that literally means strength under control. It is anything but what the world describes it to be. So I'm hoping you will recalibrate your minds today. The Bible teaches us that the meek 
will inherit the earth, and the meek are those who are strong in ruling their own spirits under God's control. Just to give you a bit of context, so here we've got the Sermon on the Mount, enormous amounts of people are starting to follow Jesus, and they're going up the mountain, the crowds are coming, and just picture this, Jesus then draws his disciples to one side before he starts preaching, and he says, guys, I just need you to think clearly about this. I think what was happening was some of the disciples were thinking, wow, we, 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 we're becoming quite famous and popular, and look at these crowds, and you know, we are Jesus' associates, and we, we're part of this amazing thing. And he wanted to warn them. He said, don't expect fame and fortune. Jesus said, but mourning, hunger, and persecution. Jesus said that position, authority, and money are not important in his kingdom. What matters is a faithful obedience to the heart. Nevertheless, he did go on to say that they would, as we are speaking about today, inherit the earth. And Jesus, it's just a beautiful picture of him just reminding his disciples. They weren't just the disciples. They were the apostles of the early church. They started the new the, the early church, and Jesus had to remind them also not to be caught up in the kingdom of this world. And as we go through the, the Beatitudes, folks, we can see the contradiction. I mean, just even what Pierre preached on, blessed are the poor in spirit. It's just, how can you be blessed when you are poor in spirit? But when we unpack and understand what Jesus was trying to say, it shows us how in contradictory to worldly terms uh, we are living our lives. And the fact that Jesus spoke to his disciples and he addressed the crowds, it means that we can attain this characteristic, this lifestyle. So be encouraged because often we think this is just too much for me to attain. And I'm hoping to encourage you today that you can attain that. So what is the meaning of meekness? I've shared a little bit, but if we look at the Greek word, it means gentle, mild, humble, considerate, and unassuming. It is showing kindness and love for others. It's the opposite of arrogance and self-seeking. It also means broken, not, not the broken where I drop a glass bottle and it breaks. It refers to the breaking in of a horse. And I'm gonna share a little bit more in my conclusion with regards to that, but that's also what the word meek means. If you can turn in your Bibles to Psalm 37. So often we go to scripture, and if there's a topic or a word that we need to try and get more understanding on, we go and try and find that. Psalm 37 is also being referred to as the meekness psalm. So I would encourage you to go and spend time uh, during the week to work through Psalm 37, and there are so many aspects of meekness that are revealed here. But in verse 11, it says, the humble will inherit the land. This portion of scripture in the Hebrew is almost exactly the same as the Greek portion in Matthew 5, verse 5. So we see a foreshadowing of what Jesus had spoken about. The best summary of the quality of meekness is found in verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. Now, if you study the psalm, you'll see that meekness is uh, described in many, from many different angles, but this is the basis of the message from, from Psalm 37. Trust in the Lord 
and do good. What does trust in the Lord mean? It means submitting yourself to him, first of all, and then to his will. That's what it means to trust God. God, I'm placing myself under your authority. That's what the definition of that word submit means, under submission. I place myself under your authority. You are not submitted to someone or something unless you do it willfully. If someone says to you, you will submit to me and you do it grudgingly, it's a heart matter. You, you haven't submitted yourself. Psalm 37, trust in the Lord. Submit yourself. Place yourself under his authority and place yourself under his will for your life. In verse five, it says, trust also in him and he will do it. Verse seven, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Verse eight, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Those who wait for the Lord will inherit the land. This describes meekness. The meek person is the person who trusts in God and who takes his hands off the situation, trusting that God will take care of things. I, I stopped at this moment and I spent almost an, a, a day just meditating on this. How often do I try and take hold of a situation in my life? In verse one, it says, do not fret because of evildoers. Our natural response to evildoers is to try and do something about it, to try and get back at them. And we almost justify it. It's like, listen, they did something to me. I'm justified in my actions. I'm going to respond. I'm sub submitting myself to my own will. I will deal with this. God says, don't do that. Be meek, trust in me, and do what is good. It does not mean that the person is weak. A person in the situation could actually do something about the situation, but they have made a choice to trust in God, to trust in his will, to trust in his strength, his power, his judgment for the situation. The giveaway sign that you are not being meek is when you do not do good. So if I can look at the negative of trust in him and do good, don't trust in him and do not do good. So when we find in our lives that we are not doing good, it means that we are not actually trusting God. You're not trusting that God will take care of it. So you do what you can because you don't trust him. And this hit me quite hard also. Our actions determine what's in our heart. And often I, res I respond to situations. I mean, let's use the classic example of traffic and being cut or cut off. How do we respond to an evil driver on the road? <laughs> you know, you get those cars that say, please report my driving if you're un unhappy. I'm gonna make this phone call and I'm gonna make this guy lose his job. So we, we, we respond to situations, but it's not just that. There, there are lots of heart responses also. I, when I was at university, my best friend hurt me. He said some callous things about me and he just, he ripped my heart apart. And I walked around with this anger and unforgiveness for a very long time. I was like, I was beating him up in my heart for a long time and it felt good, you know. 
And that's just this notion of unforgiveness. You know, I've heard someone refer to it as unforgiveness is like you drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. It doesn't do anything to the other person. It, it is your response. In moments like that, we can come before God and just say, God, I need to trust you for the good response Yeah, The meek person is not given to erratic behavior or uncontrollable mood swings. There's balance and discipline. The meek do not live in chaos, but under control. They're gentle, pliable, approachable, and lovable. If we look at another example in the Bible, Abraham did not do good. There was a, a part, uh, uh, um, there was a portion of scripture where he went into Egypt and he was fearful. He was not sure what the Egyptians would do in the situation. So he lied about Sarah being his sister and not his wife. He took the situation into his own hands. He did not trust God and he did not do good. And the situation was not good. He had to repent and thankfully uh, Pharaoh had mercy on Abraham. But if he hadn't done that, the situation would have been different. Maybe you can think of a situation in your life recently in which this has been true for you. Is there an area of your life which you are afraid is not going to work out? So you are taking things into your own hand in a wrong way, cheating, lying, going behind someone's back, or in some way compromising what you know is right in order to get things to turn out the way that you think they should. God is saying, don't do that. Be meek. Trust in me and do what is good. Matthew Henry, in his commentary, he says, blessed are the meek. The meek are those who quietly submit themselves to God, to his word and to his rod, who follow his directions and comply with his designs and are gentle towards all men. Who can bear provocation without being inflamed by it, are either silent or return a soft answer, and who can show their displeasure when there is occasion for it, without being transported into any indecencies, who can be cool when others are hot, and in their patience keep passion, a possession of their souls, when they can scarcely keep possession of anything else. They are meek, who are really and hardly provoked, but quickly and easily pacified, and who rather forgive 20 injuries than revenge one, having the rule of their own spirits. Isn't that beautiful? He, he puts it into such great English. How do I develop this attitude? Okay, I understand. I'm getting a, an understanding of it. But how do, how do I apply this to my life? In Matthew 11, you can turn there in your Bibles, verse 28 to 30, Jesus says, come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle, meek, and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The greatest example of meekness found in the Bible is Jesus. And he says here in this portion of scripture, he says, learn from me. He, he invites us to learn from him. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 10, I urge you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. 
Isn't that awesome that that's given opportunity to describe Christ? Paul refers to him as meek. Paul saw Jesus as the ultimate example of meekness that we should imitate. When Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, Peter took out his sword and he struck one of the soldiers' ear, cut it off. Jesus rebuked him. He responded in meekness. He said, do you think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 20 legions of angels? Jesus chose to respond in that way. Jesus allowed himself to be taken. He knew it was God's will. He was not weak, he was meek. He trusted in God, he did what was right. Jesus was strong and easy to live with. The fact that he could go to Calvary and do what he did, he chose to do that. How, how strong would a person need to be to, to carry that out for us? But he was so easy to live with that those closest to him sat at his feet. They ate at the table with him. And I'm sure there were often many hugs and tears and embraces when people were around Jesus. Biblical meekness is something that God's Holy Spirit has to produce in you. Galatians 5, to 23, it says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, meekness. It's the same word that is used there in self-control. So you ask the question, how do I establish this in my life? You need to allow God to work in your life. Open your heart to him. There may be areas of your life where you haven't allowed God to come and work in. And I pray that today you would drop those walls of defense and those walls of unforgiveness and those walls of hurt and allow him to come and minister to your heart. That's how we allow the Spirit of God to come and work in our lives. Here's another uh, illustration. The source is unknown. The Titanic was build, built in Belfast Island. It's a great uh, illustration for this morning. At the time it sank, an American preacher was in the city of Belfast holding services in the church where many of the men who worked on this project had attended. They had termed the Titanic the unsinkable ship. When news came that it had sunk and with at least 16 members of this church that had perished, a service at the church was called. All the dignitaries of the area were there, the mayor, noblemen, lords, bishops, ministers of every de denomination. In the audience were also the newspaper men, and the newly made widows and crying orphans. This American preacher stood to preach and he announced his sermon as the unsinkable ship. He did not, however, refer to the Titanic. His text was the story of Jesus in the little boat that was about to be destroyed by the storm as Jesus slept in the, the bow of the ship and the fretting disciples over the impending doom until Jesus reminded them that as long as he was on board, they should not fear they could sink. He quietened the storm and their hearts. How different was this humble little boat? It was more secure than the Titanic in all its human greatness because Christ was on board. They did not have to fear anything. No human power 
can destroy the meek. Isn't that a beautiful picture? So what do I get out of this? Out of the Beatitudes, what are, what are those rewards? And I don't think that we should be pursuing meekness. No, we pursue Jesus. And meekness is a byproduct. And often we don't know how to uh, apply these things and live these things in our lives. But the, 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 the scripture does say that we will be blessed. And we've made reference to it every Sunday for the last two Sundays. But what I want to say is, if you look at the Hebrew word for that word blessed, blessed are the meek. It is a verb which means to sell, to be sold, to sell oneself, to be given over to death. So we are blessed when we sell ourselves, where we give ourselves over to death, where we let go of our lives. That's ultimately when we will enjoy the full benefits of God's kingdom here on earth, when we lay our lives down for the sake of the Lord. And we will inherit the earth. What does that mean? This means, I think, that we, while we are here on earth today, we can enjoy what God wants to do. We will be truly satisfied. We will be content. The wicked in their rush to possess usually, usually miss or overlook the best of this world. Or else, having seen it, they refuse to pay the price to gain it. If we would live our lives the way that Christ has determined it, it would be a powerful effect on the hearts of those around us. And I believe that this is the greatest result of inheriting the earth, when we win other people for God's kingdom. This is how we inherit the earth here and today. The Puritan pastor Richard Baxter, he wrote, men would sooner believe that the gospel is from heaven if they saw more such effects of it upon the hearts and lives of those who profess it. And folks, don't you, don't you think that when we respond in, in meekness, that those around us would, uh, would take notice? It's like, hey, there's something different there. In my reading for, this, uh, for today, I wasn't going to share it, but uh, I think it would be good to, to hear. We've, we all know of the Chuck Norris jokes, but the one pastor who, who was writing his blog, he referred to Chuck Norris. I don't know how true it is, but it sounded like he had the, the truth of it. For those of you who don't know, Chuck Norris is a born-again believer. And, uh, no, I'm serious. Okay? He's a, he's a Christian, so we've heard. And he was, sorry? No wonder he's so strong. But he was sitting in a restaurant, and he came, he didn't visit this restaurant uh, uh, often, and he sat at, down at a table, and this gentleman came up, he said, excuse me, sir, that's my seat. I sit here every day. And he demanded that Chuck Norris remove himself from the seat. So he very gently got up, and he moved, and he went, and he sat somewhere else. A while later, the, this gentleman who had moved Chuck Norris, he's the true strong one, he moved Chuck Norris. Um, he went to him, he said, sir, but you, you Chuck Norris, aren't you? And he, he said, yes, I am. He said, you could have, you, you could have removed me from this restaurant. You, you didn't have to give up your, your table. And then he responded in humility and meekness, and they became friends. So that's 
quite a good illustration of meekness also, where the great Chuck Norris could have responded in a different way. <laughs> Pastor Colin Smith, he defines meekness as the means by which God tames the sinful soul by taming the temper, subduing the search of self, calming the passions, managing the impulses of the heart and bringing order out of chaos in the soul. He compared a man becoming meek to the taming of a wild horse. Man is by nature a wild creature with a short temper, impatient and self-opinionated. Without meekness, we slide into an internal conflict of soul that manifests itself in anger, frustration, bitterness, resentment, and turmoil. Meekness calms, soothes, and subdues. And as I conclude my message this morning, I read in my introduction of a quote from Sam Watley. He wrote a portion called Meek Like a War Horse. And James, if you can, if you guys can just look at that uh, illustration. The horse is an incredible animal. And I think we've all experienced just the power that a horse has and, and how gracious it is. But Sam Watley goes on to say, once you realize that this word meek is a translation of a Greek military term, you get a completely different picture. The Greek word prios, which is what we've looked at today, was used to define a horse trained for battle. Wild stallions were brought down from the mountains and broken for riding. Some were used to pull wagons, some were raced, the best were trained for warfare. They retained their fierce spirit, courage, and power, but were dis disciplined to respond to the slightest nudge or pressure of the rider's legs. They could gallop into battle at 35 miles per hour and come to a sliding stop at a word. They were not frightened by arrows, spears, or torches. It is also to be taken from an atmosphere of fearfulness and made unflinching in the presence of danger. Some war horses dove from ravines into rivers in pursuit of their quarry. Some charged into the face of exploding cannons. These stallions became submissive, but certainly not spineless. They embodied power and control, under control, strength with forbearance. When Paul speaks about the meekness and gentleness of Christ, he is describing this kind of obedience. Jesus did not suffer on the cross because he was a doormat. He went to pay a price that had to be paid for all of us, including you and me. We too are called to demonstrate power under control. Through the Holy Spirit, we can forgive those who have hurt us. We can withhold our spiteful replies. We can be the first to apologize. We can be a servant to others. We can be meek. When Jesus lived his life, he had to live with courage and control. Jesus demonstrated the spiritual discipline to, to face confrontation without using his power to do it in a sinful way. And if I can, I just ask you all to, to bow your heads and close your eyes. And if we can just take this moment to, to respond to God's word. 
And when I, when I started to prepare for today's sermon and, and, and the knowledge I had of the word meek, I did first of all think about um, being able to control feelings of anger and, and, and hatred and whatever. But there's so much more to what God is saying here. As we've seen in this clip, God wants to meek us so that we can go into battle also. And there's this beautiful picture of an individual who has been meeked, who is refraining from responding in worldly ways, but also engaging and getting an understanding of that war horse that is within all of us. And folks, I wanna encourage you today that as you have felt the Lord speak to you uh, about certain areas of your life, you, you need the Holy Spirit in this moment to help you become more meek. I need Him. We all need Him. And this is a daily response that we have. I'm going to pray a prayer for us. And I pray that you would respond in your heart, that you would allow the, the Spirit of God to, to touch your heart. Perhaps there was certain moments of the message this morning that meant more to you than others and I believe it's in moments like this where we make quality decisions to change and perhaps there's a decision that you need to make today, you need to make that decision to become more meek Heavenly Father thank you for your love for us Lord, the Bible says that the world will know that you are my disciples by the love that you have for one another. And Lord, we, we need you to love others the way that you have loved us. We need your Holy Spirit. We need your grace and your mercy, Lord. Today, Lord, we all sit here with raised hands, with open hearts. We lay our lives before you. God, I pray that where you have spoken to people this morning, that you would give them the grace and the strength to be able to live this controlled life, Lord, this strength that you've given us, but in a controlled way. Lord, for those who require grace just for unforgiveness, perhaps you need to forgive yourself. Perhaps you are holding yourself in bondage because of something that has happened in your life. I believe God is saying to you today that he forgives you and that he loves you and that he would also love you to, to offer forgiveness to people that you are maybe holding something against. And then to those of you who have misunderstood this word meekness, which refers to the power and the strength that God gives to us, that meekness that took Jesus to the cross, that is within us. That is the strength that God gives to us. Father, we, we surrender our lives. We place ourselves under your authority to, to you, Heavenly Father, but also to your will. I also believe that the Lord has just, um, just shown me that perhaps some of you are going through tough, a tough circumstance in your life and, and you can't really explain it and you're not too sure how to respond. I believe that God is wanting to, 
to, to, um, to develop these be attitude attitudes and characteristics in your life. My encouragement to you today is that you would trust in God and do good. Take your hands off the situation and allow God to work through your life and in this situation. So God, it is such a privilege for us to be sharpened by your word and to respond with faith in our hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray.